Well, good morning. So, uh, to let you know you can contact uh, the church office for any of these kind of things, you're going to be hearing and seeing a, um, a different voice, different face. We have Renee was our uh, admin here for a year, and she her, her business that she um, teaches kids music has been growing quite a bit, and so she's stepping away from working here at the church, and we had to hire somebody else. And so we have hired Allison. She was one of our singers this morning. So that's who you'll see. That's the, the uh, voice and the face and all those kind of things. So if you have any questions, call the church. We're going to be doing away with the, with the uh, bulletin here in a couple weeks. We're going to be going to, to uh, just electronic stuff, making sure that you have all that. There'll be some other things, but for the most part, it's going to be electronic stuff. So we need to make sure we have your email. That's how you're going to know stuff. Uh, the website, you can go to the website and sign up for things. Any, anything that you want to do with that, it, that's how you'll, you'll get that information or, or connect with the church or whatever. So the, the voice that you're going to hear when you call, well, oh, Allison's right over there. Allison, why don't you raise your hand? So it just dawned on me I, out of the corner of my eye, I saw the address. So... So that's who, that's who you'll be talking to now. Um, I'm going to address a, a pretty big subject. In fact, I think this is actually the biggest subject when it comes to our Christian walk, uh, having to walk in the Lord, walking in forgiveness and these kind of things. So, so last week, and this is all in the vein of pursuing God and reaching people, last week I talked about trusting God and, and, and being content in God and understanding He's God and and it's a faith thing, just saying, God, you're God over everything. And that's the, that's the foundation, right? God, I trust you, I believe, I have faith, I have, you're God, these kind of things. As we try to grow and mature in the Lord as we step through uh, life after that, there, there are things that hinder us. There are different things that get in the way of us serving God, of the push back against what God's trying to do in our life. And I believe that this is the biggest one. Hands down, this is the biggest one. And this is the idea of forgiveness, what it means to really forgive someone or, or to walk in forgiveness and to walk in grace. Those are the same things. And so the, the big picture here is that this is a difficult subject. It is necessary, though, and, and I'll try to establish both of those, the importance of it and then also some hows and whys of some of this, but to really think through, Lord, I, I want to be a, for, a forgiving person. This touches every single one of us in, the, in this room. Every single one of us are going to have to deal with forgiveness at some particular time in our life because uh, we're humans. Humans don't treat each other right. Humans do uh, things that they shouldn't. And the other side of it is sometimes as humans, we assume that things are happening that are not. And so there's, there's all those different levels to this. Go with me to Genesis 3. The, the, uh, the first part of this, I, wanna, I broke this into four categories to help us kind of progressively look through it. But the, the first part of this is the fact that, w that we need to go to them. This is also one of those subjects that that uh, how do you define forgiveness? I get a lot of questions about this. In fact, probably as much as anything else. I, I, I've done series at different times uh, on teaching times like on Wednesday nights and things about forgiveness and, and how do we forgive? And there's always a lot of questions about this. It isn't just one of those subjects to say, uh, you go forgive everybody because, oh, okay, I got it. There's, there's a lot of stuff. One of the questions that I get, probably the most common question is, um, how do I know if I've forgiven them? This, this rears its head every now and then. How do I know? Have I forgiven them just because I said it? I forgive them because I don't I don't feel anything. Is that is that a way to know I forgave? Is I don't feel hurt anymore? Those those that's not true, by the way. You can forgive somebody and still have pain involved with the issue. And so, how, how do I know? I'm going to answer that as we process through this uh, a little bit. But to really to really think through what is it what does it mean to forgive somebody? How how do we forgive somebody? What are the steps I take? How do I know that if I have forgiven somebody? Does do, how do I deal with it again later? All of those different things that are involved with this. I, I was actually processing this, looking through Scripture, and and thinking about all the different examples that I could use. Uh, you know, and, and this is the way I kind of approach it. Um, I need I need some examples, God, that that will show how we forgive. And so, Lord, show me places in Scripture where people had to forgive, and those are endless. That's the conclusion I came up to. It's amazing how many places in Scripture, David, King David, his own son tried to take his kingdom from him, tried to, 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 he, he caused a coup, and David, rather than fight his own son, just took off uh, and left, and then later Absalom is killed, and David kills the person that kills, or has the person killed that killed Absalom. What, what about that whole thing? Where in there did David have to forgive? I mean, we know he had to, but when did that happen? How does that work? 
Did he, did he, did he process through this? I'll give you one that, that these are the kind of things that get in my head with this. And, and, and again, I'm, I'm looking at, at a few little scriptures and building a lot of stuff out of this. But I, I was thinking about this with Cain, Adam and Eve, and Cain and Abel. This is one of those things that I just noticed a few months ago. I'd never seen before or hadn't paid attention to it, I guess. But it talks about after Cain kills Abel, um, God judges Cain and marks Cain, puts a mark on Cain that he will be known forever after that as, as a murderer, right? And then he kind of kicks him out of the area he's in and said, just wander. You're just going to wander through uh, the, the, the earth and people are going to know that you did this. And then it says, and I had never noticed this, and it says, so Cain took his wife. I, I didn't know he was married. I had never thought about that. Not only did Cain spend his life wandering around with a mark on his head that said that he was a murderer, but his wife went with him. So here's the next question. It doesn't say that earlier when it's talking about Cain and Abel and the sacrifice and all this stuff, and then Cain kills Abel. It doesn't say. Then it says, so then Cain took his wife. So here's the question I got. Did Abel have a wife? Don't know. Doesn't say. Didn't say Cain had one until later. Now, why, why does that matter at all? Because I was thinking about this. How does Abel's family, if there was a wife, kids, how do they feel about this whole thing? We have no idea, even if there was. We do know that Cain had a wife. How did Cain's wife feel about this? She had to spend the rest of her life going through this junk because Cain's decision. What about Adam and Eve? They lived for hundreds of years after this event happened. How did they deal with this? Did they have to forgive? Well, obviously they did, but when, when or how or what did that look like when, when Adam and Eve dealt with Cain over the fact that, that he killed their other child? Forgiveness. This is all through Scripture. You can, there's almost no story in the Bible where somebody was not harmed by somebody else and then had to work through that. And we don't actually see actively in every one of those places where it said, and this is how they forgave the issue. We don't see that. But we do know that these things happen, and they had to forgive just like we have to forgive. See, this is one of the things that we don't think about in Scripture where it says that every, there's no way to God except through Jesus Christ and that every person has to go through Jesus. You realize that includes Old Testament, not just New Testament. Old Testament people had to go through Jesus to get to God. They say, well, Jesus wasn't even alive yet. He wasn't alive for whatever. But when they stand before God at the throne, they have to go through Jesus Christ, which, by the way, is what Matthew 25, 26 is about, I believe the graves open and all this, and, and Jesus goes into the, to, to, to death, he goes into the grave, takes the keys, that's what that's about, is they, they I think he was giving them an opportunity to go through him. So, so these things in Old Testament, New Testament, forgiveness is not just a New Testament mentality, I'm saying us personally, all of this. So, so the very first place we want to go to is back to the garden, I like to go to the garden for a lot of stuff, and Genesis chapter 3, we're going to go to the garden and we're going to look at forgiveness. And, and, and keep this in mind, the first step, I believe, in forgiveness is that we need to go to them. Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, the woman was convinced, Eve. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her, so she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open, and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. I, I've thought about this a lot, tried to figure out this little moment in time where there was one second <clears throat> where they had no shame in their nakedness, and then the next second, they did. First, what, what was that? What, I'm saying mentally, emotionally for them, what, that, what did that feel like? What did that seem like? One minute, there was nothing. They had no, it was an, it was an irrelevant concept. It, it, it meant nothing to them. The fact that they didn't have clothes on, it had, it had no bearing whatsoever in their existence. And then the very next moment, they're now embarrassed. So here's the question that I, that I have with this. The shame or the embarrassment, it was, that, it was that between each other, Adam and Eve? I think maybe a little bit, but I don't think that was mostly what it was. I don't think they're now looking at each other and they're embarrassed or ashamed that they are naked in front of each other. There might have been some of that. I definitely don't think it was in front of the animals. I don't think now they're hiding from the giraffes because they're naked. Well, that doesn't leave any other option but one. They're now embarrassed and shame in front of God. That's why they're hiding. 
because of God. It's not, there wasn't other people, we don't think. So now there's a, it's between them and God. This is the exact same reason that they hid in the bushes, which is a very interesting thing to me. And I've been caught up at this at different times in my life where I feel like I can hide from God. I feel like that I can, I can uh, put clothes on mentally, spiritually, or whatever, and hide from God. They sewed fig leaves together so they could cover themselves from God. God made them. He made every cell in their body. This is something, and this might be weird to process it this way, but to God, every single one of us in this room are naked right now. Clothes doesn't, doesn't stop God from seeing everything about us. He can see into our soul. He can see into our spirit, into our mind. There's nothing hidden from God. But it's weird how, how easily we can convince ourselves through Satan's help that we can go into a, a closed room, close a door, and nobody, including God, will see us. That we can keep stuff in our mind and our heart locked up in there and that nobody, including God, will know about this. So they're hiding. All of a sudden, they're hiding. And then in the cool of the evening, breezes were blowing. The man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. And I've also thought that was interesting, too. This is, just, this is irrelevant to what I'm saying, except that what was God doing to make them know? Why, did he make a sound? It was a big one. They heard him before they could see him, I guess, or something. I don't know. That just, that just, I don't know. So they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called out to man, where are you? And this to me, and I've said this before, I believe this is the, this is the, the that is the, the, um, the thesis statement for the Bible. I believe all the Bible is built around that verse. You know, they sinned, all that stuff. That's the pre, that's the uh, let me tell you a little bit about this story. They sin, all this other stuff, and then God comes back to the garden just like he had done, and he came back that evening. He didn't wait. He, God could have waited. He could have waited weeks and months to let them, let them stew in their sin, let them realize what they had done. You know, go to your room and think about what you've done. That, I never understood that, even as an adult or a kid. Go to your room and think about what you... Do you think the kid is going and sitting in their room going, now this is what I did. I should process this information. But sometimes that's just to do that so I don't beat you right now. <laughs> Later I'll be calmer and we can handle this appropriately. So, so God immediately that night, that evening, comes back to them. That's the missional statement. That's the focus. That's, that's the Bible. That God is coming to us to provide grace and forgiveness. We don't have to go to him. They didn't search for weeks and weeks through the garden to finally stumble upon God. That, that's not what happened. God immediately comes back to them, just like he had been doing. And if anybody, anybody had a right to be offended, it was God. They had completely destroyed the relationship that humanity had with God. Now, we sin. All of us in this room have sinned and will sin in our existence and our life. But here's the thing. We didn't start it. We didn't bring sin. We're part of the sin stuff. And that's sin's already here when we're involved in stuff that God doesn't like. They started this. God had the right, and I believe even should have, God should have destroyed humanity at that point, start over. Just destroyed them. And how many times through Scripture do you read and you go, God, you should just kill everybody. They treat you horrible. They turn against you. They rebel against you. They don't like your laws. They don't like your grace. They don't like your love. They are rejecting you. God just destroyed them. And God could. Now, here's the, the thing. And I've had this conversation with people that don't really understand God. And they'll say, well, if all that's true, then to me that shows that God is just a wimp. But it's not that. It's that he is so deeply in love with us that he does this. He continues to bring grace and forgiveness. But here's the key, is that God comes to them. God had done nothing wrong, and God comes to them. They deserve death. God comes to them. They, they, there was nothing about this that should have been a, a, um, a reason why God did this, except that he just loves us so much, and he came to them. Now, this is the first, the first step I want us to take in the process of forgiving, 
is, and thinking about forgiveness, is I think that it is our responsibility to go to them. Now, let me qualify that a lot, okay? Because I don't always think that this means physically go to people. I think sometimes it does. But I don't think that that's, that's always the case. Sometimes you can't. Sometimes the person that, that, uh, that you're needing to forgive or whatever is not available. They died. They're nowhere near you. You don't know how to get a hold of them. Maybe you don't even know for sure who they were. But there's, there is something going on inside your heart and your spirit. I believe that spiritually, mentally, emotionally, you've got to take the step. Because, and I'll get to this at the end, forgiveness is not about them. And it's not about who they are or where they are or even what they did. Forgiveness is about you. Forgiveness originates with you. And I think that's where you have to do. Grace, God originated grace from him. He didn't have to, but he did. And that's the example that he's setting for us is that, okay, you've been wronged. You've got to take the step. Regardless of the other person, you've got to take the step. And sometimes it may mean actually physically going to somebody and, and, and working through some of this. But I don't think that it always does. And, and, and I think that's important because I have asked, I've had that question asked me different times over the years is, well, I need to go talk to them. Not always. Sometimes going and talking to them causes more problems. Sometimes going and talking to them um, hurts you more. Because not everybody that you're wanting to forgive thinks they've done wrong. And they may not have. But let's assume that they have and they've done something horrible. <clears throat> they may not want to accept it, acknowledge it, and work through it. And it may be more of an abusive situation for you to go and, and try to work it out with them. Right Now, sometimes I do believe that you need to and that you can. But not always, and I don't believe that that is a qualifier for forgiveness. That's important that, that, you, that you get that. Personally, physically interacting with somebody is not necessarily a qualifier for you forgiving them. It, it may not actually be possible. But I do believe in our heart and our mind, God shows us the example. He goes to them. And we've got we've to start there. We've got to, in our mind, our spirit, we've got to say, okay, God, I'm going to do this. I'm going to take these steps. So <clears throat> the second thing here is that I believe that, that forgiveness is an all or nothing kind of thing. I, I don't think that you can partially forgive somebody. I think that, you can, that there is a steps in the process. In fact, I, I believe very strongly that even this morning as we're praying, as we're processing through this, that, that some of you will actually take like beginning steps. There is a moment, there's a moment in time when you have to decide that I'm going to forgive somebody, and that's like the first step. That's like the crack of the wall that begins to happen. I, I, don't, I, I don't think that, I, I believe it's possible, but I don't think that just because different ones of us in here are going to say, Lord, I forgive so-and-so this morning, I forgive this, this moment, this time, or whatever. I, I believe that some of you, it'll be immediately washed and, and released from your spirit, but I don't think it's that easy for all of us in here. And I think for, for some of you, it's going to have to be, you're going to, have to, you're going to have to work at it for a while. You're going to have to hack away at it. I think about this with, um, when I was in the Navy years ago, there are some guys, it wasn't my job, but some guys, their job in the Navy is to, to um, go out over the side of the ship and hang over the side of the ship and go down to waterline and scrape off the barnacles and stuff that get attached to the ship. This, is, this isn't like uh, slime. This is like rock. It builds up and becomes hard, <clears throat> crusty stuff. And they have these things called pneumatic hammers, pneumatic um, spades. And these things are, are power tools controlled by air, thus pneumatic. And they, and they chip away at this stuff. And it's loud because it's metal on metal and it's a whole ship. You're inside of this whole metal thing. And they just do this all day long. And just because this stuff attaches. I believe that for, for, for different ones of us at different times, that's what forgiveness takes. Is you got to go in and you got to start chipping away because it's been a long time and it's built up and it's hard and it's crusty in your, in your heart and your spirit. I know what that feels like. I've been there. And you got to go in and you got to chip away at this stuff. And it's not an instant thing. 
takes time and it takes the Holy Spirit softening and working through and making it ready. Another example, this was also when I was in the Navy. My job was to be a corpsman. I was a medical corpsman in the Navy, a, a, a medic. Um, and so one particular ship I was on, I was, um, at that time, I was about 20 years old, and I was on the ship, and, and I'm working in the hospital. This is a, a tender, which is a very large ship that has a hospital on it. And uh, I'm, in, I'm working in the hospital, and the doctor that was in charge, he came to me and said, Scott, I heard you were a pre-med student. I said, yeah. And he said, you want to come help me do some surgeries? I'm like, well, yeah, who doesn't want to do that? So, so I didn't understand at that time, you know, this was a military specific. You can't do that in a hospital, the liabilities and all this stuff. But this, this doctor, he comes in, and there's, a, there's a, um, a, a petty officer sitting there, and he says, okay, we're going to do a surgery. And he hands me the knife and all this stuff, and I do the surgery. I'm a 20-year-old. I'm doing the surgery. He's telling me what to do, but I'm doing the surgery. You know, and, and the, uh, the petty officer is like, you know, why are, are you sure he's qualified? But, you know, you don't argue at those moments. So uh, I did surgeries. One of the things that, um, that, I, that I had me do was this guy, had, our engines are called boilers, and this guy had, had bumped up against one of the boilers, and this thing is thousands of degrees hot. And uh, he had touched his leg against it, and from his hip all the way down his leg, it just melted it, just literally melted everything. And, and so he comes in, and he's, and he's, and my job is to every day take uh, wa- water, hydrogen peroxide, and a brush and, and scrape this scab off to the point where there's, it's all the way down to, the, to underneath the scab. It's just the, the, the sticky uh, pus skin. That's it. And scrape this scab off, scrape it off. And then guess what? The next day, do the whole thing over again. And do the whole thing over again for weeks and months. Why? Because it's, if you don't do that, it'll get infected. It has to be, you have to take that scab and all that stuff off so that it can be open and so that it won't get infected. And, and I really believe that that, that that is what forgiveness is. I'm saying the process of us doing this, sometimes it is very painful for us to go and process. And, and that guy never whimpered, hollered one time. Never said it. He just laid there. And I'm crying. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm feeling sorry for him. And, and, but, that, but it's extremely painful for us to, to forgive, specifically big issues. Specifically when we've been very, very wronged. But it, and, and yes, it is very painful, but if we don't do it, we will be very un, unhealthy, and we will get, this will infect our spirit, our soul, our mind, and it will, it will control us at the least and destroy us, potentially. Have you ever seen somebody that just seems negative and, and just bitter all the time? In my experience, most of the time, that's because there's unforgiveness in their heart somewhere. That's where that, that anger and that negativity is coming from, is unforgiveness. It's not because of an issue. It's because of not forgiving the issue. There are people that have had deep, tragic, abusive issues in their life, but they're not bitter. They're not negative. They're not angry because they've allowed grace to rule and reign in their hearts. And so that's, that's part of our, our, our responsibility is this isn't all or nothing. Now, these are some very strong um, statements here. But Matthew, Mark chapter 11, this is the first one is, but when you are praying, first forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against. It doesn't qualify how that grudge happened, what happened to you, whether they were right or wrong, whether you were right or wrong. But it says if you've got a grudge against somebody, you've got to forgive them. Why? So that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. As it doesn't get any stronger than this in Scripture. If you don't forgive, you don't get forgiven. There's no, there's no way to argue against that. If you don't forgive, you're not forgiven. Matthew chapter 6. This is the mentality of the Lord's Prayer and, and coming out of that thinking. If you forgive those who sin against you, if you forgive... Your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. 
So the scripture out of Mark says that he won't even hear your prayers if you don't forgive. And this says if you don't forgive, he doesn't forgive you. You have to forgive. There's no way around this. There's no, you can't just pretend it didn't happen. Pretend you don't have unforgiveness. Pretend or whatever, just move on. I'm just going to keep moving on. We, we do that as Christians. If we, if we keep moving forward enough, we eventually move past the issue. That's the way that a lot of people deal with relationship issues. Let's just ignore it and keep moving forward, and eventually we'll just kind of pretend it never happened. You don't, you don't have that freedom when it comes to your soul, your spirit, and your mind. The Lord knows what's going on. You cannot hide it from him. He knows what's going on, and he won't forgive you. Now, it's not like he's trying to hold you ransom or, or he's blackmailing you so that you'll forgive. It's not that kind of thinking. It's not saying, okay, I'm going to hold this against you, and you forgive, or I'm, gonna, I'm not going to forgive you. It's not that, that this is an active um, mentality by God. This is, this is where we have to understand our Christianity right. I, I love the last song that we sang. That talks about, I'm a vessel and I want you to, to, to have this new wine. And that this is going to pour from me, out of me. This is something that, is, that we do not have a healthy understanding of in our Christian walk. Scripture says that, that out of me flows rivers of living water. Right? I am a vessel for the Holy Spirit. And out of that is this new wine. Out of my relationship with the Lord comes this new wine. We have built a mentality in American Christianity that says that I am a reservoir holding stuff in. Lord, pour into me with no mental uh, uh, idea that I'm to be pouring out. I'm going to receive this. I'm going to receive. God bless me. Pour into me. Do all this stuff in me. And then we, it's almost like we seal the top and now I'm good. That is not a scriptural mentality. The idea is everything that we have is supposed to be flowing through us, not to us. Through us. This is why the gospel is such a big deal. This is why witnessing is such a big deal. I can't receive the gospel, <clears throat> get saved, and somehow lock that up inside of me. It does not exist. It's got to go through me to other people. God's word, God's truth to me are not supposed to be wrapped up and held by me. They are to be poured out to others. This life that I receive is living water that flows to other people. Truth flows to other people. The Holy Spirit came to give us truth, not just you, but all of us. Again, I, I pick on this every now and then. It's not theologically wrong, but it doesn't work practically. The idea that when people say, well, if you were the only person on the planet, Jesus would have died for you. I, I guess that's true. I guess it's true, but it's irrelevant because you're not the only person. You were never going to be. You're ne it's not going to happen. Jesus did not die for one person. He died for all the one persons together. So for me to receive the gospel, it's got to flow through me. I am not a stopping point for anything of God. Giftings, abilities, any of this kind of stuff. The same concept with fruit of the Spirit. Part of the reason he uses the, con the, the verbalization of fruit is because it grows. But here's another thing that I think we miss sometimes when it comes to this. Fruit also gets old and rots. And everything in Scripture, we see that, that cycle mentality. Am I growing? Am I doing? Am I producing? <clears throat> or am I stagnant and rotting? Is the stuff that God's doing with me, did I bury it in the ground? Or am I using it? This is constant, constant through Scripture. So the, the, the idea of forgiveness, it's not that God is saying, I don't want to forgive you. He's saying grace is not something that you can hold on to. If you try to stop it with you, it actually ceases to exist. You cannot hold it. Grace has to flow through you. So if at any particular point you stop grace from happening, how do you do that? You don't forgive. That's how you stop grace. The moment grace stops, it goes away. It dies. It doesn't exist anymore for you. Because you have decided you don't want grace. Just because in your brain you're saying, <clears throat> Lord, forgive me. I do all this. If, if it's not flowing through you, if grace is not what you're about, it doesn't exist for you. However you think about grace, 
And however you think about forgiveness is how the Lord works in your life with it. The same as judging people. Scripture says, don't judge people because whatever standard you have is what you have against you, not them. I, I can judge all day long. I, I can say tan pants are not supposed to be worn by any guys. It doesn't matter. God's not going to judge him for tan pants. He's going to judge me for tan pants. You see what I'm saying? So if I say I don't forgive, what I'm saying is forgiveness is not part of my existence. Even, even though I may be saying, God, please forgive me, please forgive me. God says, I want to bring grace into your life, but it can't stop with you. It's got to flow. It's got to go to other people. The third thing, spiritual maturity is not possible without forgiveness. The concept of holiness and love and peace and all these things. These things are, and, and in Colossians chapter 3 here, I've talked about this again with the fruits of the Spirit. I believe the fruits of the Spirit grow into the next one. So you start with love, joy. You cannot have joy unless you have love. Okay, you get down farther and there's peace. Uh, you can't have peace unless you've got love. These things grow into the next one, into the next one. If you look at the fruits of the Spirit that way, instead of just their individual fruits like apples and, and bananas are not the same, I don't think it works that way. It's coming off of the same tree, and they grow from each other into each other. It's, it, it's a one, two, three. You've got to have one before this one, before this one, before this one. If you look at the fruits like that, they actually make more sense. Okay? In Colossians 3, we're seeing this building mentality here also. We're seeing this kind of grow into this. And we see all of these things have to do with a, a spiritual maturation. In verse 12 of Colossians 3, since God shows you to be the holy people he loves, you must. So to be the holy people he loves, you must. Clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience. These things are going to be in the life of a believer that is walking in the holiness of God. These things will be there. And you say, well, I know, but we're, but we're growing. We're okay, but, but let's kind of fast forward ahead. And you say, well, I'm a mature Christian. These things are going to be there. Now, not a, not a brand new baby Christian. These things are not always going to be there, but they're working toward these things. They're having these things happen. And then he says, make allowance for each other's faults. Every one of us in this room are different personalities. We think differently. We process you're going to have some people in this room that you naturally connect with, and you're going to have some people that you don't. There are going to be some people in this room that you don't like. That doesn't make you a bad person because you're different. You don't, you don't connect with them the same way. You just say, no, I'm just not, they're just not my, I'm not going to go hang out with them or whatever. That's different than saying I dislike. That's not what I'm saying. But you say, well, you know, I don't connect with them. Okay, guess what? There are people in this room that are thinking the same way about you. They don't necessarily connect with you. I don't necessarily like you. You're not their kind of personality. Okay. But, but we're supposed to make allowance for each other's faults because the next step of that is not only do I not necessarily connect, but sometimes people are going to hurt each other. It's going to happen. It's not possible to be in, in a context of, of uh, either proximity or relationship with people <clears throat> that eventually they don't hurt your feelings. It's going to happen. But you're supposed to deal with it. Make allowance for each other's faults. It's, that's just, sometimes it's just who they are. Now, I know that's not an excuse. And if, and if somebody says that to me, well, that's just who I am. I'm going to tell them that's not an excuse. Grow up a little bit. But my responsibility is, okay, deal with it. What does the next part say? Not only are you supposed to deal with each other's faults, but forgive anyone that offends you, as this is spiritual maturity. If you are a maturing and or mature Christian, you will forgive offense against you. If you're a little baby Christian, an immature Christian, you won't forgive offense. Are, are you feeling the condemnation of how I said that? I want you to get that. I want that to, you to own that a little bit. Let's, let me say it again, because I maybe miss it. So, if you are a mature Christian, you will forgive offense against you. You will. 
because you're mature. The love of Christ is ruling in your heart, and you're trying to follow after him, and you understand things happen, and you will forgive offense. It's when you're immature and spiritually a baby that you hold things and you don't forgive. And, and John Bevere, in his book, The Bait of Satan, says this is the number one thing that plagues the church. Offense. And basically, in the book, he says, we're all acting very spiritually immature. And we walk around not forgiving each other and holding things against each other. Guys, it's not okay. we got to grow up. we got to grow up and mature on these things. I had a pastor years ago that used to always say, it's, um, it's sad when you got to part the beard to give them the bottle. I didn't understand what he meant for years. And then one day I'm like, oh, baby's bottle. Sucking on a baby's bottle. You got to part the beard because they're old. And oh, this epiphany, you know. But, but, but that's true. Just because I had a friend of mine, we were having coffee about 10, 12 years ago. And he's, today he's about 94. He's 94, about to be 95. And uh, at the time, he was in his, his um, you know, early 80s, just a young chip off the old block. And uh, he, he and I were sitting talking about the Bible, and we met a couple times a week doing this. And he told me, he said, you know, just because somebody gets older doesn't mean that they mature in Christ. He said, I've watched this for years. People that should have been growing in God should have been growing in God's Word, and they weren't. He said, and we talked about a few reasons. One is they just weren't hungry for the things of God. They were, they were more interested in the things of themselves. and they're not, So they weren't getting in the Word. They weren't praying. They weren't seeking God. But one of the things that Scripture talks about over and over is the idea of not forgiving. Unforgiveness keeps us immature. You cannot grow the way you're supposed to when you're not forgiving. And so <clears throat> the, the idea that we've got to grow in this, he says... Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you. So you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And that's a big one because it has nothing to do with someone else. When you read that, well, we should all be in perfect harmony together. I know, but if you've seen the way so-and-so talked about me, that's someone it says. It says, clothe yourself in love so that you'll be bound together in perfect harmony. This is what I found over the years. I didn't understand this years ago. I understand it much better. I don't necessarily like it, but I understand it much better nowadays. Sometimes people will get upset at me. Now, when you're the pastor of the church and somebody gets upset at you, they don't just say mean things about you. They leave the church. Okay? So there have been people that have left the churches that I've pastored over the years, even here. They have left the church because they're mad at me, they're upset at me, and what they don't know is that my heart is deeply broken for them, and I pray for them regularly. They don't know that. Well, he just jerk. He don't care about people. I get that one a lot. He don't care about people. The sad part is, is I deeply care for these people. They have no idea. I'm not going to call them up. I pray for you, because that sounds, that's just, what you know, just stupid sounding. But here's the thing. God put them into my heart, and there, there, is a, there is a harmony between me and them. I can't control between them and me. But I will clothe myself in love, and I care for these people. Not all of them, but some, but some of them. I do. And I, and I, uh, I pray for them. <laughs> and, and here's the thing. is There are people, there are people that that's, that has been this way for years and years. People that I have not seen for years, I still pray for them because my heart's moved for them. God put them into my heart, and that's the case. That's the way it is. You can control your side of this. Clothe yourself in love, and God will put harmony in your spirit with them, regardless of whether that's reciprocated. Clothe yourself in in love, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. In other words, if you're not doing all the rest of this stuff, <clears throat> there's no peace. Guys, let's own this a little bit as Christians. Let's own this as the church. One of the most common things that I hear nowadays in the church is, I don't have peace in my spirit. Why? The main reason is because we don't have forgiveness. 
I'm not saying, I, I don't even know exactly how to verbalize this or even understand it totally when it comes to whether we're a Christian or not in this category. I don't know. But he says, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. And until you work through this, you're not going to have peace in your spirit. You want peace? Let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. After you clothe yourself with love, after you've forgiven, after you've stopped taking uh, offense at people and you've forgiven those that offended you. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. As this is very important for us to own. Sometimes the reason that we're struggling with peace in our mind and our spirit is because we've got something against somebody else. And he says, when you come before God in prayer, you've got to go work that out. Go work that out so that when you come before God in prayer, the avenues of grace and mercy and peace are open and the Holy Spirit is working through you the way that he wants to and you haven't stopped that up with those things. And I believe that... that uh, a lack of forgiveness will actually stop up or hinder your relationship with God more and quicker than sin will. It stops you being forgiven. He says you've got to work through this. The fourth thing here is that forgiveness is only between you and the Lord. And this is, this is important. A lot of things over the years, a lot of questions that I've had, a lot of, a lot of discussions about forgiveness. And I've, I've worked through this in my own Mind and spirit more than you could possibly imagine. Asking God, what does it mean to forgive? How do I know I've forgiven? I've prayed. I have, I have, I have, I have wept before God for, for years and years over these subjects. Specifically forgiveness. God, how do I know that I've forgiven somebody? Now, I, I will give you some. I'll just give you a few little things that will help. I think there's more than this, and this is not inclusive or whatever, but... And I do, think you have to, I do think this is a personal thing. I think you just have to work this out on a personal level to really know. But here's a, here a nice little overgeneralization litmus test to say, have I really forgiven that person? Can you pray and ask God for his will for their life? You say, well, yeah, God wants to judge them and hold them accountable for how they've treated me. That's not what I'm saying. See, here, here, here's what we know. Jesus died for everybody. He wants them to be forgiven. Jesus loves everybody. He wants to love them. Jesus wants to bless everybody. He just wants to, to pour blessings on all of his kids. All of his kids, including the person that did you wrong. So can you pray, God, do what you want with them, whatever it means. Even if you can't verbalize, God bless them. Can you honestly go there? God, I truly want you to do whatever you want to do with this person. For me, that's my starting point. I, I, we've prayed about this. Lynn and I have discussed this forever. What does it mean to truly forgive and how do you know? And here's something else. It will revisit you. You'll really have worked through it and you think, I've forgiven them. Boom. And then something happens 10 years later and it triggers all of the mentalities, the emotions and all the other stuff. And you have to visit it all over again. I wish it was different, but that's reality. But you've got to forgive. Does forgiving mean the pain goes away? No, it doesn't. I, and, and, and I've had people say, no, if you've truly forgiven, you won't hurt anymore. That's not true. Some things are so devastating to your psyche and your spirit and, your, and who you are, your personality, that it can continue to hurt off and on for years, depending on what triggers are, are, are pushed in your world. That doesn't mean you haven't forgiven them, but it could. You say, that's not fair to throw that in. I, I, that really is truth. I don't know the answer to some of this. I don't think that pain alone means you haven't forgiven them, but it could. Here's another one that's come up over the years. So if I've truly forgiven, this was actually said on a Wednesday night one time. We were in discussion, and somebody said, if you've truly forgiven them, you'll trust them again. I don't think that's true either. Some people are not trustworthy. No matter how much you forgive them, it doesn't change them. The, the way I always said it worked better when he was alive, but um, I, I may forgive Charles Manson, but I'm not going to let him babysit my kids. Right? Forgiveness does not mean you've got to trust them. It also doesn't mean you have to reconcile with them. That may not be possible. But forgiveness does mean inside your spirit, you are right with God with them. God, can you bless them? Whatever you want to do, 
I'm telling you, that is a difficult prayer. That is very difficult. That's, that's, I, I think I would rather have to have the scab scraped off every day than to try to, to say that sometimes. God bless them. Guys, we have to. We have to. Forgiveness flows from his love, not from us. It flows from him through us. And that's how we forgive. Why don't you stand with me? Let's pray. God, we need your help with this. Lord, this is way bigger than us. God, for some of us in here, it seems impossible. But Lord, you're bigger. Lord, you're bigger. You are the grace-giving, forgiving God. And we need that. We want grace. We want it in our life and in our minds. So Holy Spirit, we need help right now. We really need help to just go down this road to own this. We need help. Jesus' name. Keep your head bowed. So let me ask this question. For some of you, it really may be just completely a breakthrough this morning. And I've actually been praying that that would happen. For some of you, this may just be like the first step, the crack in the wall. Okay, let's, let's go there. I've been praying that will happen too. But if you say, I, I know I need to forgive. That's all I'm going to ask. We're not going to ask for details. We're not gonna, I know I need to forgive. If that's you, I'd like to raise your hand. I know I need to forgive to forgive. Yeah. What a few of us. Guys, this is something that affects us all. I believe Jesus was tempted in this. I believe that he was. I need to forgive. All right, I'm not trying to trick you with this. I wasn't trying to get you to raise your hand and trick you with this, but I'd like people to pray for you. And so right where you're standing, if you raised your hand, or you maybe you didn't and you know you needed to, I'd like you to raise your hand and keep it up. And we're going to have people come to you and just pray for you right there. You don't have to go anywhere. You don't have to do anything. We're going to have people come to you and say, okay, we're going to pray for you. So throw your hand up high. And, and everybody stand around. Open your eyes. Look around. See who's standing beside you. And we're going to pray for them. Just go stand with them. Maybe put your arm around them, just stand there beside them, whatever the case is. And you put your hand up. If somebody's not beside you, put your hand up. I, I'm not trying to make this uncomfortable, but you need somebody to stand with you in this. You need people to walk with you through this. And whoever is praying for you, I promise, they've gone through similar things. They've gone through the unforgiveness mentality, and so we have to deal with this. Okay, everybody everybody good? There were some people in the back back there. Everybody, everybody got somebody with them? Okay. All right, let's pray. God, we, we, you see our hands, and we need your help. Lord, you see our, our hearts. We need your help. Lord, you know more than us how difficult forgiveness is. Lord, nobody's had to deal with it more than you've had to deal with it. God, we ask for your help. Soften our heart. Holy Spirit, you let grace, just like a... Just like a um, a bombs moving through our spirit like a, a, a soothing lotion moving through our mind and our spirit and bring that grace in, bring that love in bring that forgiveness in and let grace move through our spirits God let it be let it be chasing out this stuff, let it be cleansing and let it be purifying in our spirit Lord let it be soothing too that, that you said that, that your yoke would not be um, too difficult to deal with. We can handle this, Lord. You can cause this to be soothing and, and it brings peace. It truly brings peace. So, Lord, let your grace start moving through our hearts and our minds. Lord, help us to get to a point where we can say, not just with our mouths, but with our spirit, Lord, I forgive them. I forgive them. Regardless of what the, the, the issue is, Lord, I forgive them. God, for some people in this room, it may just be a starting point. They may just be starting to chip away at this. Lord God, we've got to do this. 
convince us, every one of us in this room, convince us right now we've got to do this. We've got to. It's going to be painful sometimes, but we've got to do this. Help us to forgive. Lord, I forgive them. Lord, I forgive them. Wash me with your Holy Spirit. Wash my mind, my heart. I forgive them. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Lord, start releasing us from, from the control that this can have in our minds and our hearts. Release us. Bring freedom to us. God, I believe that, that many people in here were very innocent in this situation. God, they still got to forgive. They still have to forgive. And God, we turn them over to you. If you judge them, whether you judge them, how you judge them, when, that's your deal, Lord, it's not ours. God, we turn them over to you. Save their soul. Bless their life with your presence. We turn them over to you. In Jesus' name. God, let your, your healing forgiving, graceful salve flow through our spirit. I believe you're trying to do that right now. I believe you're trying to do that. And I, I, I just feel like some people are resisting this, Lord. God, let them see the importance of forgiving, that it's you and them that grows together. Your peace comes into their life, that it's beneficial when we do this, that it helps us when we forgive. Lord, help us to walk in your spirit. And God, I pray through this week that you continue to bring this to our mind, our spirit. Help us to work through this. Not to just let it go, but to work through this. In Jesus' name. We pursue you, Lord. We pursue your will. We pursue your word. Pursue your grace and forgiveness. <clears throat> Jesus' name. So I'm going to be praying for you this week. I'm going to be praying that, um, that the Holy Spirit won't let you go. Even though it may be scraping the scab. I don't know any other way to say it. It may be painful. Guys, please don't just move on. Don't let this just be a now thing and just move on. Let the Holy Spirit get in there. It, it, it's going to be painful sometimes, but let him get in there and ask him to, to go there. Lord, I need your help. Help me with this. Help me. I don't like this person. I don't like what they did. Well, Lord, help me. And God will, God will do that. And I'm going to be praying for you. Obviously, if you need any help, Call us here at the church, me, one of our pastors. Um, we're here. Call a friend. Call, tell your spouse, hey, I need some help. Remember so-and-so? I hate them. I need some help. They'll get it, unless it's them. Guys, please don't just stop today. Please don't, okay? Before noon tomorrow, God's going to give you the chance to tell somebody that Jesus wants to forgive them. He loves them. He wants to wash them clean. Take the opportunity Tell somebody that Jesus has a plan for their life and, and he'll honor that in your life. It's a guarantee. So shake somebody's hand, hug their neck. Tell them you're glad that they are here and we will see you Wednesday night. Have a great rest of your day.